This is Help Wanted, the show that tackles all the big work questions you cannot ask anyone else. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, Editor-in-Chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. And I'm New York Times bestselling author and money expert, Nicole Lappin. The helpline is open. The internet is an amazing place because almost everybody is just a DM away. And so if you're looking for a job or you're looking to connect with someone, maybe a potential client, who knows, you can just send them a DM. But what do you actually say and how can, in a very short amount of time, you convince them to engage and to see value in you and who knows, maybe even hire you? Well, today, to explore that, I'm going to talk to someone who sent me a DM very much like this very recently on LinkedIn. His name is Ryan. And Ryan, you're here with me now. Welcome to Help Wanted. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on the show. So Ryan, give me, before you read the DM, the 20-second version of who you are. Actually, uh, when I wrote my DM, I wrote it about finding a writing job. But as a matter of fact, my background is in finance. I grew up being interested in finance from a young age when I was following the stock market, studied finance, but really I figured out that my passion was you know, writing. I've been writing either in screenplays or books and those things. So now I'm considering finding a full-time job in writing. Oh, okay. Awesome. And how old are you? I'm 22, almost 23. Okay. Awesome. So Ryan, the setup here, so people understand, is that if somebody connects with me on LinkedIn... I I always accept the request, so heads up for anybody. And then I send this message, which welcomes, thanks someone for connecting with me, and then says a little bit about me and then includes a link to my book because LinkedIn DMs are a pretty good way to sell books. And so people often respond to the prompts that I give them and ask about a little bit about myself and they share. So that is what you were doing. That's what you're responding to. So just so people understand. Okay, can you read the DM you sent me? Yep, the DM goes... Hi, Jason. Considering you are the editor-in-chief of a major magazine and take the time to send a message to a new connection is a true testament to your character. I respect that. I appreciate you sending me a link to your book, and I also happen to enjoy writing as well. So much so that I've written a 102-page comedy screenplay, 75,000-word action and adventure novel, and have written various scripts for my YouTube car reviews, which have received over 120,000 views. I really want a job in New York, and beyond a job in the city, I need to write. If there are positions available at your company, I would love to work for you immediately. Happy New Year, Ryan. Okay, awesome. Thanks, Ryan. So you already told me that you are pivoting away from your earlier finance interest and into writing. Have you sent versions of this DM to other people in the editorial space? And have you gotten anybody's response? As a matter of fact, you're the, the first and only person which <laughs> I've, I've, sent this, I've sent this message to because, you know, sort of up to this point, I was looking at finance jobs and I, and I suppose I still am looking between both finance and writing, but you're the first person I've sent this to. Oh, so tell me what you were thinking as you wrote this. The one thing that I was trying to connect to was, number one, your message. Uh, beyond what position you have at Entrepreneur Magazine, considering that you're a person with uh, lots of responsibilities, and you're busy. So I wanted to make a personalized message, you know, con- taking that into consideration. Uh, so I, I love that intention. Mm-hmm. 
Now take that and apply it to what you wrote. <laughs> By which I mean a couple questions. Do you ever mention the name of the publication that I work for? No. Do you ever engage with the subject matter that I work in? No. <laughs> so piece of advice number one, you could be more, and this again, Ryan, you are in the hot seat because you sent me this DM and I'm addressing you, but this is really, just so you understand, advice for everybody. I am not criticizing you here, but you could have definitely been more targeted. I love that your intention was to be targeted, but the execution wasn't actually all that targeted. I read this and I assumed you sent versions of this to dozens, hundreds of editors at different publications that do all sorts of things because the language that you're using seems to be dancing around having to make any kind of specific reference, right? You, you say, considering you are the editor-in-chief of a major magazine, and then later you say, if there are positions available at your company, that's not language that tells me this guy is actually writing to me. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about the writing stuff. So you're looking to get a job in writing. Mm -hmm. And I imagine that you stepped back and you were thinking to yourself, how do I communicate that I am a writer? Mm -hmm. And you're young, so you aren't going to have a mountain of clips to show. And I believe me, when I was trying to get a job at 22, I I was just struggling to figure out what could I tell somebody that I've done that isn't a blog post that I wrote or my student newspaper or something. It's very hard in those early days. But tell me about how you tried to problem solve for that when you wrote this. Yeah, I mentioned the the 102-page comedy screenplay and the book that I wrote. Of course, those aren't published or made into a movie, but they're, they're samples just in case somebody needs to read something or wants to see what my style and voice is like. And so you were just thinking, this is what I have available to show as, as an engagement in the craft. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'll tell you how I received it. How I received it was, well, that's cool, but again, that's not relevant to me at Entrepreneur, right? Uh, you know, you're telling me about a YouTube cars uh, channel, which is which is cool, but I, I don't write about cars, right? And the you know 102 page comedy screenplay sounds fun, but we don't run comedy. Actually, funny enough, every single this is the weirdest thing. So Ryan, you may not know this about me, but I've worked at a lot of national magazines. Right now, I'm the editor in chief at Entrepreneur, but I've been at Men's Health and Fast Company and Maxim, and I've written for a whole lot of others. At every single magazine that I've ever worked at multiple times over the years that I'm there, people reach out and they send me comedy essays. And they say, I am a humor columnist and I would love to write a humor column for your magazine. And here is a sample or here is something that I wrote just for you. And this has always fascinated me because none of the magazines that I have worked at run humor columns, not one of them. And so every time that this shows up, I think to myself, why did this person spend any time trying to reach out to me without first figuring out what it is that we publish? Because if they looked, they would know that reaching out, I don't, I don't hate humor columns. It's just not a thing that we run. And so why waste the time? So this is the trap that you have put yourself in too, because you've communicated 
all these things that you've done, but none of them are relevant to the person that you're reaching out to. So Ryan, as I tell you all this, what is your reaction? And my reaction is that if I want to find a job in a particular place, obviously I have to provide samples which uh, are relevant to that. So if I had said, I've written a few finance business columns for the Charlotte Observer because I'm in, I'm in Charlotte, then that would be more uh, applicable than to sing a comedy screenplay to a business magazine. Yeah. Oh, you've got that? Finance things for the Charlotte Observer? No, that was just an example. But <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. But that was that's great. That would be great. And if you don't have that kind of stuff. Make it. Exactly. <laughs> you can make it. Because the thing is that in any industry, there are layers of opportunities, layers of companies that are in closer reach and then layers that are in further reach. And media is not a bad stand-in for how other industries operate. So we'll talk about media because it's the, it's the world that I'm in and it's the world that you're trying to enter. But just so that people understand, when we talk about media, I'm really talking about anything. So in media, there are, for example, local newspapers, which have a small pool of writers that they're working with because there just aren't as many of them in whatever local area. And they often don't have that large budget. So a lot of people aren't interested in writing for them. And then there are medium and national size publications. And the national size publications, of which I am at, get tons and tons and tons and tons of people who are reaching out and are working with typically people who are very, very experienced. And so the further you try to reach out, the more competition you're facing. Mm -hmm. And I understand people's instincts to try to go big. If you, if, if you want to if you want to work in tech, why not just try to get a cool job at Google? That makes sense. But the problem is that there's so much competition there. Whereas if you started at the Charlotte Observer, there's less competition. It's very possible that you might be able to write something for them. You're going to have to understand what the Charlotte Observer publishes and where those opportunities are. But you might be able to get something in there. And then now you're starting to build some clips. And maybe the next thing is that you go a level up. What's a little bigger than the Charlotte Observer? And then what's a level up from there? That is exactly, I will have you know, how I did it. Mm -hmm. I graduated college and I started in local newspapers. And then I started pitching, and this is what we're going to get to next. I started pitching freelance articles to regional publications and then to national publications. And I kind of stepped my way up by proving at each level that I could do the thing that they were looking to do, knowing that if I shot too high too fast, I just wouldn't be taken seriously. So I had to build the foundation that I would grow up from. So that leads me to the next point, which is you are setting up that you're looking for a job. Did you, before asking that, do any work to see if entrepreneur is hiring? I did not, actually. As you were saying about the starting smaller, uh, an another point, would it be possible to you know, be a small fish in a big pond or still just the leap is too far? Well, look, anything is possible. And large companies do hire people with little experience for entry-level jobs. That totally happens. But I will tell you, when we list entry-level jobs, and this isn't just entrepreneur, this is everywhere I've ever worked, we get hundreds of applicants per opening. 
So the ratio is not favorable. But yeah, it's possible. It's totally possible. Anything's possible. But you're going to need to figure out how to overcome the first barriers to entry. And the first barriers to entry are going to be, who is this person? And why are they going to bring value to us? So here's the thing to know. You always have to know the competition, so to speak, the marketplace that you're operating in. And lots of people are interested in writing. Mm -hmm. And as a result, an interest just in writing generally isn't much of a signal of anything to people who hire writers. (laughs) Because lots of people like to write and there are the world is full of people who are just really into writing and that's great it's wonderful but right but when you're in the position of hiring someone to write then you need to be able to distinguish yourself a little bit more and it doesn't always have to be in the subject matter I, I, to be clear i remember for example years ago i was at fast company which is another business publication and we were hiring for a, an entry level editor and we saw a lot of candidates and i i talked to a lot of people and the candidate that i ended up liking the most her name was lauren and she was working at new york magazine at the time as an intern mm-hmm. and her her edit test that that's what magazines do for job applicants is you give them an edit test and edit test is and again there's some version of this in every industry some kind of test or 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 project or something that you can do to prove that you have the skill set and the mindset required. And in editorial, an edit test is usually some combination of give us a bazillion ideas for different sections of the magazine or whatever, and then also critique this. And also here's some raw copy and can you edit it into a story, something like that. And in her edit test and in her interview, she displayed absolutely zero knowledge of or passion for business, which was strange because this was a business magazine. And that came up when I was having a conversation with other editors about who to hire. But I advocated for Lauren, despite some of my colleagues saying she's not right because she's not a business writer. And my argument was no, because especially at that level, an entry level, we don't need someone who has a deep passion for the subject matter. What we need is someone who is technically excellent at their level. And Lauren, I thought, was just the most creative idea generator. Her ideas that she sent us were really clever and fun. And I wanted her to write a bunch of those stories. And the way that she wrote was really engaging and sharp. And we had her write headlines, and they were really good. And I could just tell that if we brought Lauren in, she would apply those skills and figure out how to how to, how to make this subject matter that she clearly was not that interested in mm-hmm. interesting. And that was exciting for me. And that's why I advocated for her. And we hired her, and she was great. And frankly, that's what kind of job candidate I was in the early days. My first national magazine job was men's health. I didn't care about men's health at all. But what I did do was I came in with a million ideas and so much enthusiasm for bringing value to this specific publication that they couldn't turn me down. Now I'm going to bring it back to what you did. What you did, and and look again, not trying to come down hard on you. This was the first time you sent an email like this. You did not expect to land um, on a podcast getting grilled by me because of it. But 
what you did is I think a very, very common mistake, which is that you focused on a love of the craft because you thought that that's what would connect. But the problem is that the love of the craft by itself is too generic and it also doesn't actually distinguish you because too many people love the craft, but not enough people are the kind of sharp idea generators that, for example, Lauren was. Stick around, Help Wanted will be right back. Nicole, have you ever thought about the one that got away? Jason, I am happily in a relationship. You know that. No, the hire that got away. Someone that you thought was perfect for your team, but ah, they were already with another employer. Oh, well, in that case, yeah, I think about her all the time. Well, it's not too late. You can reach out to that person on LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals that you can't find anywhere else, even people who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. Okay, looks like it's time for me to shoot my shot. Do it. And I know you may have your heart set on one person, but if you do want to open it up and post a role to a bigger applicant pool, you can do it for free at linkedin.com slash help wanted. And because there are so many professionals on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. So you'll never have a one that got away again. Incredible. That's linkedin.com slash help wanted. Yep. LinkedIn.com slash help wanted. Terms and conditions apply. Happy hiring ever after. Nicole, have you ever thought about the one that got away? Jason, I am happily in a relationship. You know that. No, the hire that got away. Someone that you thought was perfect for your team, but ah, they were already with another employer. Oh, well, in that case, yeah, I think about her all the time. Well, it's not too late. You can reach out to that person on LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals that you can't find anywhere else, even people who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. Okay, looks like it's time for me to shoot my shot. Do it. And I know you may have your heart set on one person, but if you do want to open it up and post a role to a bigger applicant pool, you can do it for free at linkedin.com slash help wanted. And because there are so many professionals on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. So you'll never have a one that got away again. Incredible. That's linkedin.com slash help wanted. Yep. LinkedIn.com slash help wanted. Terms and conditions apply. Happy hiring ever after. Welcome back to Help Wanted. Let's get to it. So now that I tell you all that, what do you think you could have done differently? Well, this can I tell a story about something that's maybe applicable to this? Sure. But, yeah, so since I like cars and I mentioned that I, I made the car reviews, actually I walked into an exotic car dealership here in Charlotte, which... It's a uh, you know multi uh, multi dealer under the same umbrella Aston Martin Maserati Ferrari all of these in one, and I came in I talked to the general manager and I asked if I could make car reviews I wasn't asking to be paid for car reviews just for free as a sort of an advertisement I mentioned their dealership and so on, so I did that. Oh, so they said yes. They said they were like yes, you definitely can do that. Yeah. Okay. 
And then I was able to do that. Wasn't getting paid, but he liked my style. And then I asked after that, you know, could I sell cars? And he said, absolutely. That was his response. And I think that if I would have just went in and immediately asked, can I sell cars? I mean, it, it could have happened, but it would have been a lot more difficult had I not shown my value, what I could provide and how my style is. Chef's kiss. Mwah! That's perfect. That's exactly right. Like that is exactly what to do. You came in, you identified a need that they had, you provided value at the lowest possible investment for them, which was just to say, yes, they didn't have to pay you anything. They didn't have to do anything. And as a result, you built a relationship with them. You proved to them that you had value, that you knew how to engage in this area. And then once you had that trust, you were able to level up and get something bigger. And that right there is exactly what you need to replicate with everything else. Now, look, I mean, to be clear, it's also possible that you could just see a job listing and apply and get the job, right? So it's not like you need to do this rigmarole literally every time for everything, but that certainly increases your chances, especially if you're reaching out cold to someone who you don't even know if they're hiring or not, or you don't know any other opportunities. But if you can create your own opportunity, which is exactly what you did there, then you are starting to really actually open doors. So tell me now, after I hear that story, and I know that you get it because you've done it, how you could apply that to writing jobs that you want to get. Yeah, as you said, like the message that I sent to you, I could have added sort of some headlines, business headlines, uh, already made some articles about business, send that in, and then that would provide a more specific area where I could provide value just outside of, as you said, to just love the craft. But whichever publication it is, something that is unique to them and then provide material examples, which they can take off of that. Right. And you could even go further, which is to say, instead of just providing a bunch of like headlines and random materials, which is really from an edit test, you could pitch a story, like an actual idea that you could write yourself because every industry has some kind of low lift that that somebody could come along and do. You identified it for that car dealership. It was these reviews. For media, it's freelancing. People get hired to work at publications, but not that many of them. The staff sizes are pretty small. But you know what we do do a lot of? We do do a lot of running people's freelance articles. It's basically like an independent contractor. You pitch a story. If we like it, we say yes. And then you execute that story for an agreed upon fee and it runs and that's the story. And then you can try to do it again. And that that's what I did. I mean, I mentioned a little while ago that I did this kind of freelancing. And that's how I ultimately grew my own career was by getting in front of people in a way in which I knew there was an opening. I, when I was 25, I pitched a story to the Washington Post and they published it. And I was not at all qualified to work at the Washington Post. I didn't have the experience. I worked at like a local newspaper. But they would take a risk on me for one story. And that one story then built a relationship. And then I could do multiple stories. And then that grew and grew and grew. And so in any industry, get to understand the structure that you're trying to put yourself in. Because 
if you don't know how it operates and if you don't know what the people there are looking for, then it's very, very hard to identify a place that you could be in and then propose yourself there. If you had spent time, and I bet you well, <laughs> I bet now you will, getting to know the industry, what you might have learned is that there are freelance opportunities and you can figure out which editors assign to freelancers and you could start figuring out how to write a freelance pitch and then pitching that. that that's what I, again, when I was in my 20s, you know what I did is I went out and I got a book about how to freelance and I started contacting freelance writers whose work I had liked and just said, how did you get that story in? What did you do? And they told me, and I took that advice and I started building it into what I did. And after a lot of false starts, I, I got somewhere. But if you don't have that foundational knowledge, then you don't even know what kind of foundation you're stepping on. After I say all this, do you actually still want, <laughs> I, I'm not about to offer you a job, but because I don't have a job to offer, to be clear, we're not hiring. But uh, do you still want to work in writing? Like, do you hear all this and you're like, this excites me and I want to figure it out and I want to reach out and get it? Yeah, I would have to do more research into the specific field which I would be writing in, but I'm I'm definitely still interested in writing, and it gets me thinking uh, about like, for example, uh, could I send? Uh, of of course, I probably could. Could I send like articles to Car and Driver and these sorts yeah. of magazines about cars, and then possibly have that published in the magazine because you know testing a freelance opportunity. Yes. Ryan, this is your homework. Here it is. The thing that you are passionate about clearly is the intersection of writing and cars. It's what you know already. So reaching out to Entrepreneur Magazine, not helpful to you. But reaching out to somebody, a car driver or whatever, or popular mechanics, that's probably where you want to go. And so you already know a lot about cars. What you may not know is exactly the kind of articles that they run. So spend some time, I'm sure you have already as a consumer, but now start to spend time thinking strategically, flipping through Car and Driver and some other auto publications and see what they publish, how you could write things that are related to it, and where it seems freelancers are. Because you're not going to be a staff writer immediately going to you know some far-flung country to do a test drive for the new Bentley. Like They're not going to send you on that assignment. So don't pitch that. Instead, figure out what is an entry-level thing that you could do that you could provide value for. What, what, what idea do you have? Pitch that story. And here's, here is, because you were so generous to be on this call and go through this whole thing, our email address at the show is helpwanted at moneynewsnetwork.com. And if, if anybody has a question and wants to be on the show to get this kind of advice, helpwanted at moneynewsnetwork.com. But Ryan, if you write up a pitch for a story for a car magazine, send it to me at that email address. I know plenty of people who have been through car magazines, like plenty of them. I've been in the industry long enough, and I will forward them to one of them and get some feedback for you. Sounds good. That would be wonderful. Awesome. Help Wanted is a production of Money News Network. Help Wanted is hosted by me, Jason Pfeiffer. And me, Nicole Lappin. Our executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. If you want some help, email our helpline at helpwanted at moneynewsnetwork.com for the chance to have some of your questions answered on the show. And follow us on Instagram at moneynews and TikTok at moneynewsnetwork for exclusive content and to see our beautiful faces. Maybe a little dance? Oh, I didn't sign up for that. All right. Well, talk to you soon. 